Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis. This is the Catholic podcast where you will discover spunk and motivation to live a vibrant and transformational life as a child of God. I'm Rochelle Lucero, and I invite you to walk with me as we dive into all the things that Jesus gave us to do just that. I'm talking about the Bible, Catholic tradition, church documents, the catechism, the saints, the fathers, the doctors of the church, you name it, and I'll draw from it. You and I together, we are going to transform the world by letting Christ transform us. Hey, what's up? Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Clumsy Theosis podcast. As you heard, my name is Rochelle Lucero, and I am excited for today's topic because I'm going to be continuing our discussion on prayer from the last episode. In the last episode, I was talking about what God's voice sounds like. Basically, I broke down the four most common modes that we hear God when he's speaking to us in prayer throughout the day. But prayer is a dialogue. And because it's a dialogue, we have to say something too. So that's what I want to address. What is the other side of the conversation supposed to sound like? What is your side of the conversation in prayer supposed to sound like? What are you supposed to say? Is there, is there some sort of superior form of prayer? Is there a highest form of prayer? You know, there are so many great quotes out there about prayer. You know, one of my favorite quotes is by St. John of Damascus. He says that prayer is the raising of one's mind and heart to God. I love that definition. I think that's a great definition. It's very simple. It's to the point and it's encouraging because it makes me realize, okay, every time I take the attention of my mind and my heart away from this world, away from my own navel gazing, and I turn my attention up towards the triune God, I have entered into prayer, which is like, okay, that's like half the battle. But again, it still doesn't tell me what I'm supposed to do when I get into that prayer space. What am I supposed to say to God? And this isn't a new uh, question. I mean, when we read the scriptures, the apostles were asking Jesus, teach us how to pray, right? We always want to know what we should say to God. So is there a highest form of prayer? Is Is there a superior form of prayer? I'm sure that you might be very tempted for me to tell you, yes, of course, there is a highest form of prayer. Here it is. This is how you do it. And you are going to crush it in prayer from now on. That might be a little zealous of me, (laughs) but I have that temptation too. Like, just tell me what the best form is and I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it well, right? Because that's what I want. I want that, that intensity in my prayer life. But let's back up for a second. There's a phrase, now tell me if you've ever heard this phrase, ever ancient, ever new. It's actually something that St. Augustine said, and the whole quote is, late have I loved you, O beauty, ever ancient, ever new. And so St. Augustine is talking about God, and he's describing God as ever ancient and ever new. All right, so that is key to answering this question. What is our side of the conversation supposed to sound like when we are in dialogue, in conversation with God? Because when we take that fact, God is ever ancient and he is ever new, and we combined it with the truth that the Holy Spirit has been teaching us to pray since the beginning, right? Since the beginning of your life, it is the Holy Spirit who has been teaching you how to pray. And the Holy Spirit is ever ancient, is ever new. And so 
We combine those truths and we see that there are five basic forms of prayer. Five basic forms you have blessing, petition, intercession, thanksgiving, and praise, right? And so they all land in that ever ancient category, right? They're the basics. And then the Holy Spirit throughout time has been continually inspiring new expressions of these five forms of prayer. So now they're ever new. And we find all five forms of these prayers in the scriptures. We find them also alive, right? They are ever ancient, but again, like I said, they're ever new. We find them alive in different spiritual traditions of our faith, different liturgical traditions of our faith. And that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. And our mother, the church, in her wisdom, she has identified and safeguarded all five forms of these prayers and said that all five forms of these prayers are important. None of them should be neglected and none of them should be exalted above the other because all of them bring something different to enrich your conversation with God. And when you enrich your conversation with God, you're enriching your relationship with him. So it's really important for us to know what these basic ever ancient forms of prayer are and not just to list them off, but to understand them, right? We need to be able to define them so we understand what they are, how they affect your heart and your mind when you pray, the role that they have in the conversations that you are going to have with God for the rest of your life, and also what they accomplish in your relationship with God. Because when you really understand these basic forms of prayer, it's going to open you up to new expressions of them. And it's really going to flourish within your prayer life. And yeah, like I said, they are basic, but don't let that word basic make you think that they're below you, they're beneath you, you've matured beyond them. Because remember, with God, basic is ever ancient, ever new. Let's start with our most common form of prayer, which is petition. And I say it's the most common because I think it's the one that we learn first as children, at least most of us. I think that's, you know, the first thing we learn how to do, to ask what we want. You know, we might say, God, please let me get that kitten that I saw at the pet store, or God, please don't let me get in trouble for hitting my brother, or um, Jesus, I really want to go to Disneyland for my birthday. You know, please make my parents take me to Disneyland. Now, I'm not admitting that these were the prayers of my childhood. Maybe they were, maybe they won't. I will never tell. But as I say them, I realize how much they kind of sound like a list or a letter that I would have written to Santa Claus. Like, these are all the things that I want, Santa, please bring them for Christmas. Or if I were to have like a magic genie, you know, like these might be the type of things that I would have asked for as a child at some point. And for that reason, I think that prayers of petition can sometimes get a bad rap, especially as we get older and we've matured. We can kind of think like, oh, these prayers are. Um, they're immature prayers. But I want to remind you that prayers of petition, they demonstrate an awareness of your relationship with God. Think about that. When you are praying for anything and everything that your heart desires, like truly praying with an open heart, you're saying, I believe that God is a good father. He is my father and he is good and he wants to give me good gifts. So there is a beauty to our petition, our petitions in that regard, even if they do seem like they could possibly be superfluous or immature, 
it depends on the disposition of your heart. And like I said, as we, you know, grow up and we become more mature and independent people in the world, we start to realize, yeah, there are things in life that I need to do for myself. And so we can sometimes shy away from petitioning God for the things that we need or for the desires of our heart. But I want to encourage you and remind you that everything that you need can become an object for petition. Our church holds this very near and dear to her heart. Everything that you need can become an object of petition. And every time you ask for anything in Jesus's name, you are giving him glory. You're glorifying Jesus every time you ask for anything in his name. So the moral of this story is ask in prayer, ask for anything, ask for everything. I do want to address spiritual maturity before we move any farther because there is a difference between childlike and childish, right? We don't want to be childish. We do want to be childlike. And for that reason, the church in her wisdom, again, has some guardrails and some guidelines for when we are saying prayers of petition. And basically, our focus when we petition things from the Lord should always be the kingdom to come, right? We say that in the Our Father, thy kingdom come. So we want to make sure that our prayers are focused on the kingdom to come. So what does that look like realistically and like in our practical prayer setting? Well, the first thing we have to do is to pray for the kingdom to come, right? And really earnestly want the kingdom of God to come. And the second thing is to pray for everything that you're going to need in order to welcome the kingdom of God and everything you're going to need in order to cooperate with it. So think about that for a second. What do you need in order to welcome and to cooperate with the kingdom of God? I mean, basic necessities, you know, things like your daily bread. You know, we ask for our daily bread when we say that our father prayer. So basic necessities are important. Ask for all of those things that are specific to your mission, right? God has given all of us a mission. He has given us all many assignments and he will give us many more assignments. Um, So ask for all of the things that will help you to accomplish your mission and your assignments. But don't forget about the desires of your heart. The desires of your heart are important to the Father and they're on your heart for a reason. And so by petitioning him for those desires, maybe they're not the right things for you or for your life, but by petitioning him, you're entering into conversation with him about them and he can help you iron them out. And the ones that are the things that are meant for you, you will receive. And the ones that aren't, you have at least started a dialogue with the Father about them so that you will come to understand that they're not for you and that there's something better and something different that he wants to give you instead. So what petitions do for the disposition of your heart and your mind is they make your heart and they make your mind kingdom-oriented, right? So when you are petitioning the Lord, Remember, you need to stay kingdom oriented. And the way that you can do this is to make sure that your prayers are pure and righteous. But how do you do that? How do you make sure that your prayers are pure and righteous? A very simple hack for this is to start off your prayers of petition by first asking for forgiveness. Ask the Lord for forgiveness for the sins that you've committed in that day. It rightly orients you to the Lord He wants to shower you with forgiveness, so he's going to do that. And then you can launch into your other prayers of petition, which are going to be more likely 
kingdom oriented, right? They're going to help you with figuring out your basic necessities, what you need for your missions and your assignments and the desires of your heart. And I know for a fact that this totally works. Uh, In the Byzantine tradition, we're really big on the Jesus prayer, which I'm pretty sure I've probably mentioned uh, in previous episodes, but it's really simple and really repetitive. And you just, you know, your prayer is Jesus Christ, son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And so sometimes I'll even, you know, I'm in the habit of just leading off my prayer with a couple of Jesus prayers. So I'll do this and then I'll launch into my petitions. And I'm telling you, it totally does make my prayers more pure and righteous, which therefore makes them more kingdom oriented, which therefore helps me to grow in spiritual maturity. You like how that works? Start by asking for forgiveness. And in the end, you will be growing in spiritual maturity. All right, so I want to slide into prayers of intercession because they're really similar to prayers of petition. And the catechism actually says that intercession is actually a prayer of petition, which leads you to pray like Jesus did. Now, in the life of theosis, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the point is to work towards and to cooperate with God so that you can become more like Jesus. So prayers of intercession should be something that we're all really getting into, really diving into, especially when we are saying intercessory prayers for sinners, which is basically all of us, right? But the reason for that is because Jesus came into the world to save sinners, right? Praying for sinners was Jesus's jam. That's what he was all about. So if you want to be more like Jesus, start praying for sinners. Start interceding for them. If someone you know asks for prayer, obviously pray for them. Actually, maybe try praying for them on the spot when they ask. Or if you're talking to someone and it seems like something's going on and you feel that like, oh, this is something that we need to take to the Lord, ask them if they would mind you praying for them and even ask, do you mind if I pray for you here on the spot? If they're uncomfortable, that's fine. Make sure you pray for them in your own, uh, in your own prayer time. And not only do prayers of petition help you to pray like Jesus did, When you are praying for people who are undeserving, which is all of us, right? When you're praying for the undeserving, you are demonstrating that you have the characteristics of someone who has a heart that is attuned to God's mercy. So if you want your heart to be attuned to God's mercy, if that is something you're striving for, which I think all of us should be striving for, um, yeah, make sure that you really get into prayers of intercession. They're going to transform your heart and help you to become more like Jesus. One of my listeners by the name of Jesse over on Instagram, he and I have been direct messaging back and forth because he's had some questions about the faith. And within our dialogue, he has mentioned how much he really enjoyed the declarations from the what does God's voice sound like episode. And I was like, yeah, thank you for telling me that because I was starting to get this like nudge, this tug on my heart that we should continue to do declarations as often as they are applicable to what we were talking about. So let's get into some declarations to really drive home the truths that we have covered in today's episode with regard to petition and intercession to really open up your heart and open up your mind so that when you start doing them today, hopefully, and the day after, and the day after, you'll really, you know, get the most out of them. All right. 
So if you're unfamiliar with declarations, I have a whole episode on them, but basically you're declaring God's truth over you and over your life, and you're coming into agreement with God and his truth. So I'm going to say the declaration. I'll give you time to repeat it after me. If you want to have a list of these declarations, they're available in the show notes. So go to the show notes, click the link, and I'll take you right to them. If you get my weekly email, these have already been emailed to you. All right, so let us declare God's truth. Let's come into agreement with him. All right, the Holy Spirit of God is continually teaching me how to pray. I glorify Jesus every time I ask for something in his name. My Heavenly Father wants to give me good gifts. My Heavenly Father is ready and excited to grant me forgiveness. My heart and mind are made to be kingdom-oriented. Every time I pray for others, especially sinners, I pray like Jesus. My heart is made to be attuned to God's mercy. All right, those are our declarations for this episode. Again, you can find them in the show notes if you want to uh, refresh your memory, if you want to come back to them. If you didn't get it all, yeah, find them in the show notes. A special thank you to Vincent, Gina, Jason, Sherry, T-Rex, and Lewis, who are our top-tier monthly Patreon supporters. If you would like to support the show, please head over to clumsytheosis.net and click the word donate in the menu. You can give monthly like our patrons, or you can do a one-time gift, whatever you like. Until our next episode, peace out. Welcome to the end of the podcast. Since you made it this far, you know what that means, right? We're like totally best friends now. (laughs) But for real though, thanks so much for spending time with me and growing in your faith knowledge and letting Christ transform you. Since you stayed this long, I'm thinking that you liked the episode. So will you do me a favor and share it with a friend or all of your friends on social media. While you're online, I invite you to check out my website, clumsytheosis.net. There you're going to find all of the things that you need, such as how to get in touch with me, how to book me as a speaker, how to find my social channels, how to sign up for our weekly email, and very importantly, this is very important, how to donate if you'd like to support the show. This show is listened to in approximately 90 countries across the globe. So if you find value in this show, please consider donating at clumsytheosis.net. Anything that you give is very much appreciated and it is super helpful. All right. Thanks again for walking with me today. Remember that we can transform the world by letting Christ transform us.